Hi, and welcome to the Stop Chasing Skinny podcast, where every single Tuesday we interview a new guest to talk about topics to help you craft your own fit life. The title Stop Chasing Skinny comes from my own personal tagline of life begins when you stop chasing skinny. You see, I spent many years running many miles, taking many classes, and trying many diets, but none of those worked. So finally, I got down to the business of understanding what really matters. And it's not just about how much exercise you can do or how little you can eat. It's everything else that goes into it. So I created this podcast to help you so you can craft your own fit life. Every single Tuesday, you can listen to an interview with a guest. And now every Friday, you can listen to me a second time where I take questions you have sent to me and I spend about 15 minutes answering them. You can even feed your brain this nourishing brain food by listening while you're cooking, commuting, cleaning, walking the dog, or just about anything else. Because that is how we craft a fit life. So let's get on with the show. We have Amy Smith. Amy is the founder and author of thejoyjunkie.com. She is a coach, speaker, and fellow podcaster and an all-around badass. She teaches people how to find their voice and more importantly, use their voice to live fuller lives and cut down on the people-pleasing. So I've invited Amy onto the Stop Chasing Skinny podcast today so that she can share some of her insights into how we can get along with our well-meaning, as well as our sometimes not-so-well-meaning friends, family, coworkers, and even random strangers uh, when they just decide to comment on our food, drink, exercise, and other lifestyle choices. So welcome, Amy. Oh my goodness. Thank you for ha- – I'm so excited about this. Yay! I'm so excited about this. This is awesome. So could you please tell us a little more about how you ended up working as a professional badass in this coaching <laughs> space? <laughs> Well, that's a definitely a self name, you know. That's my own moniker. So oh, I think you're a badass. Anybody ah. who speaks up and does this stuff is awesome. Well, and you know that's a really great point because I had to learn it the hard way. Like there was a lot of uh, very many years where I cowered and I was hugely invested in other people's opinions of me, and coaching kind of cracked that open when I I really kind of had a quarter life crisis in my 20s and realized that I was truly living for everybody else. And I won't get too much into that, but that really was the genesis of me looking into personal development. And that's kind of how I found the world of coaching, went to coaching school. Really, as soon as I found out that I actually had power over my choices, my life, and, and everything wasn't just happening to me. I, I became just ravenous to find this information. So I, I threw myself into education around all things personal development. And then as I began building a brand as a coach, I initially spent a lot of time in the relationship arena and found that I was dealing with so such a bigger piece of how other people perceive us. And that's really when the niche started switching into this whole people-pleasing concept, which has been, people really under, people know that. They're like, I have a hard time telling my mother-in-law what's up. I have a really hard time telling my boss to stop micromanaging me or my best friend to leave me alone about my workout schedule or whatever. And so I just found that those were my people. And I also found that 
people wanted to hear a message from somebody who sounded like them. So I knew very quickly that I wasn't going to be the coach that was the waterfalls and rainbows and, and pebbles and streams and your inner goddess and all that bullshit. I was going to be, I was good. No, I mean, I don't want to say that there's very, nope, that's a, I love it. That's, <laughs> a very specific person. Right. And don't get me wrong. I love me a good sage bundle. I'll smudge up my office. But I I want to learn from somebody who speaks like me, who sounds like me. So I thought, okay, if I'm in this business of authenticity and I'm a sailor, I cuss like a sailor. You know, we were kind of talking about this earlier. I love me a good whiskey. I love shoes and lipstick and some of these things that we think are, you know, uh, in opposition to personal growth. And I thought, I the more authentic I am and show all of these different pieces of who I am in this world, the more I give people the freedom to do the same. And and it's it's worked out really well. So the people who don't like it really don't like it, but that's great because they're usually not for me either. And then the people who resonate with it, they're like, hell yes, this is what I've been looking for. So I find it works well. That's awesome. And you're absolutely right. That's I, that's where we run into all kinds of problems. That's where a lot of, I feel like, um, overeating comes in because we have this like this underlying resentment for, for people treating us a certain way. And they're treating us that way because we haven't told them not to. But we don't really, we weren't taught necessarily how to tell them not to treat us that way, right? Oh, that's exactly right. I, oh my gosh, this is one of those things that really gets me going because I think in our scholastic structure, we're taught, you know, reading, writing, you know, algebra, but nobody teaches you how to speak kindly to yourself, how to deal with a relationship to fear, um, proper health and education around if diet and fitness with so so much misleading information out there. We don't teach kids how to have a checking account and handle their money. Like there's so much stuff that we're just genuinely not taught. And then we get to this place in our thirties, forties and beyond. And we go, Holy shit. I'm, I know I'm supposed to know this. How does, how do I not know how to establish boundaries or say no to people? Or why is this challenging? And it it truly is because we're not, unless you have an amazing example early on, most of us are just fumbling around trying to figure it out. (laughs) That is so, so true. Wow. Yeah. That's, (laughs) yeah. I can't, I can't articulate it any better than that. So let's be, let's get right in to some of this, um, some of this nutritional stuff. And so you mentioned that you didn't really know how to um, articulate this before. So let's talk a little bit about your own personal preferences and, and maybe some of the ways that, or the, some of the things that you have faced in your life. So what are some of the nutritional choices that you personally make and that you've had to kind of address on this front? Right. Well, uh, I, years ago, probably like a good 10 years ago, I started really getting educated about our meat in America and how it's processed. I guess I should say the U.S. And I started to become extremely vigilant about what sort of meat I would consume. So I fell in somewhat of a slightly different category. So for, let me backtrack. So for a while I tried just being pescatarian, just eating fish, right? As the meat. Tried that. (laughs) Right. And then I was vegetarian for a while. (laughs) 
And, and then I realized that for me, and this will come back, you know, when we talk about how I've chosen to speak about it, yeah. it became really an ethical choice for me. So I felt, and I still do, I, I absolutely believe in the hierarchy of the food chain, but I believe that we abuse our right at the top of the food chain. And I don't think that we need to be uh, so savage and inhumane in our treatment of animals. I think there's a very, and and then being somewhat of a hippie and being, you know, into energy, I don't want to consume meat that has spent its entire life in total angst and pain. I just, that doesn't work with my chi, right? <laughs> right. So, so I began where I felt like, okay, I'm okay. And Whatever anybody wants to do or feels about me, this is not a soapbox at all. Um, yeah, but I think it's really important that you're going into all of these things that go into how you feel about it. And I think it's really going to show the listener when you talk about, you know, your different ways of framing this. Like, I think you need to have this whole backstory, but maybe not everybody you talk to needs to hear the backstory. So I think this oh, is exactly right. super relevant, super, it's just keep going. This is awesome. <laughs> So what I decided, the choice for me was I'm okay consuming meat as long as I know where it comes from, which pretty much for me meant that if if I cooked it, it needed to have a free range or cage-free claim, not simply just organic, but specifically how that animal lived was important to me. And that's a very odd place to be because... I have a bunch, you know, living in Southern California, it's like everyone's got a thing, right? It's like you're right. gluten-free or you're this or you're that. So I had a bunch of friends who were vegan or vegetarian or, you know, we had all these different reasons why. And some people, some of them felt like there's no reason to eat animals we, that we don't need to. So we would all have these really awesome conversations. Those people weren't really the problem. <laughs> um, but so, so for most most intents and purposes, if I go out to a restaurant, I will sometimes eat meat, but or eat fish rather. But for the most part, I only eat meat if I cook it because then I know where it's come from. And that's a real spiritual thing. But what that has enabled me to do is have a really great retort when people say really dumbass stuff. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and they don't realize that they are. They really right. don't. You know, a lot of it has to do with our culture and how we've been reared and all of those things. But, you know, that is one of the ways in which I would explain it when people would say, don't you want to just eat that burger? You know, Actually, don't you want- no, I don't. <laughs> and I, I would tell them, I, I'm like, here's what that sounds like to me. That sounds like, don't you just want to go steal somebody's stuff over there? Don't you want to just lie? I'm like, you look at it from a perspective of an indulgence that I'm limiting myself from something I want to indulge in. I look at it the same way as like, I don't want to lie. I don't want to cheat. I don't want to steal. For me, it's an ethical choice. It's about my integrity, not about splurging. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's one of the things that I would share with them. Yeah. No, I think that's awesome that you, I mean, cause you, you have your own personal beliefs about it and you're not asking them to do it. It's just your own personal beliefs. Right. And now I also, I'm on the gluten-free, dairy-free bandwagon as well. And, and that came from actual elimination diets and checking and seeing how my, my body responded to things and just, just following suit. Like your body will tell you. Right. 
Right. So, so we're going to get right back to that. Um, but I want to take a really quick break and then we're going to talk about why people feel compelled to even comment in the first yes. place. Yes. <laughs> so how are you liking the show? We would really appreciate it if you would give us a rating and review. Just click that review button, leave us some comments, and we appreciate all of your feedback. And welcome back. Okay, so let's talk about why people feel compelled to comment on and criticize our choices, especially when they're not impacted by it. It's not like we're like, oh, yeah, you're going to have to eat this way or do this or anything like that. Why do people feel that they can say these things to other people? Well, it's really interesting. I think there's a number of reasons, but it's the same reason why people think they can just go rub a pregnant woman's belly. It's like, ew, you want me to <laughs> rub up all on you? Like, There's these weird social norms that we have. This is one of them. And I think that there's two primary reasons. One, there's, there's a jealousy. And I think we see this, and I've seen this, I'm sure you do, and I'm sure your listeners do. If you're avidly involved in fitness and you actually have a really rocking body, people are jealous of you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they will speak out of insecurity, but people do this related to somebody having a higher profile job than them yes. or being in a happy marriage. So people, when they feel threatened in that way, will say things like, well, got to let Stephanie go because God forbid she misses a workout. And what they really mean is I'm angry at myself for not getting getting in the shape that I want. That's what yes. they really mean. Yes. Oh, thank you for pointing that out. I try to let my clients know that, you know, that can, the insecurity, insecure people, they're pretty freaking dangerous because they will try to sabotage you um, and your efforts. So thank you. And for so now that. at this stage in the game, I'm like, uh, don't put that shit off on me just because I, I have habits you wish you had. Like, so now I right. really will like go after them. Yeah. I don't think that's usually where most people feel comfortable. So I'm going to give, <laughs> give people suggestions that will probably feel more comfortable to them. <laughs> but one of the other huge reasons why, and we see this extremely commonly in relation to politics and religion, where if somebody doesn't understand something, They simply make it wrong. Like it Mm. becomes a threat to them. Like if I don't understand your religious view, it's easier for me to just make you wrong and shame you for it than it is to actually expand my mind. So we will naturally as humans gravitate towards comfort and what feels normal to us. So if somebody says like, I will only eat this type of berry from this type of, you know, indigenous, whatever, it's easier for us to just shame them than to go oh, really? Tell me more about that. Where did that choice come from? So there's a piece of just our human nature that when something is new and different to us, there's an element of threat. Like, what does that mean for me? Is that going to mean that I'm an asshole as it relates to my eating or that I'm ignorant or that it really is an ego issue? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) It really is. So both of those points excellent points. And, you know, I just want to sum it up by saying that it really has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the person saying it. So really what they say is just a reflection of them, not of you. But I find that it's really hard for my clients and anybody who's making a lifestyle change to kind of break free from some of those things that they've been, um, you know, kind of living in for a long time. 
Oh, sure. And, you know, I had a, I had a really, really similar situation because I've been with my husband for 18 years and we've always been, and I got married very young and we've always been very sure that we didn't want children. Mm -hmm. And this is another one where people go, why? Oh yeah. You know? And so (laughs) I've got very skilled at understanding where people come from with what they think you should be doing. And then how to decide how you want to respond based off of who that person is. Because if it's a random, you know, person in the, you know, grocery store or something like that, you might not, you might want to just shut the conversation down. Or if it's your mom, you might want to have something a little bit more involved. So uh, there is a hierarchy to who is asking you or who is challenging you. Um, And I think that's really relevant as well. Oh, super relevant. Super relevant. So that's, that's, yeah, that makes all the difference. And in your right, and you get to decide who you explain yourself to, right? That's exactly right. That's mm. exactly right. And we, you know, I was writing down some notes and I was thinking, you know, when somebody presents a question to us, we immediately think that we need to answer. Like when somebody says, uh, you know, to me, why aren't you having children? You know, if you're asked that, you think you need to answer. You don't have to engage in any conversation you don't want to. Say that again. Say that again. (laughs) You do not have to engage in any conversation you don't want to. Period. (laughs) So, you know, you can, so I will tell people, I mean, if it's somebody who I want to have a conversation with, like my best friends or whoever, then I might entertain it. But for the stranger who's just, I'm, I'm like, Oh, let's talk about your reproductive organs, shall we? Like, no, like, of course not. So I'll say, you know what? To be really honest, it's not a conversation that I want to get into at the moment. I truly hope you can understand. And that's a great response there too. That's awesome. You can always politely decline. I mean, that's the whole concept behind my mission with people pleasing is that you can say no. You can deliver some of the most challenging, uncomfortable conversations and not be a dick. You don't have to be an asshole. You can politely decline. You can be kind. You can be gracious and still be affirmative and assertive about things. And that's where we think like, if I stand up for myself, then I'm being an asshole. If I really tell them, I don't want to explain to you why I feel the way I do about pork, then I must be a dick. No, you're only a dick if you're being a dick. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? If your intent is cruel and malicious, then yeah, you should feel kind of awful because you're purposely trying to be malicious. But if you're just trying to take care of yourself and you're delivering it with kindness, you're golden, man. You're That's fine. Awesome. That is awesome. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Oh, man. This is great. This is really great. I see this happening uh, with a lot of my clients. This is one of their biggest pain points whenever it comes to making a transformation. They just get kind of stuck with um, with the expectations of others. So this is excellent. So we're just going to take one more really quick break, and we'll be right back to do some little um, – well, we have some scripts here. SK Fit Life also has downloadable programs, including Fitness Model Labs, a 30-day meal plan and recipe download, 52 weeks of high-intensity interval training routines, a supplementation guide download, vision board planning toolkit, 
and much more. Check them out under the shop tab on the website. And welcome back. All right. So we came up with just a few common phrases that you've probably heard. I know I've heard all of them times one billion. (laughs) Um, But you might hear some of this stuff or see some of the stuff, especially at family gatherings, holiday gatherings, parties, the office um, with with significant others, happy hour, Anytime you're in social settings, a lot of times you'll hear this stuff. And um, so, yeah, so Amy and I are going to do just a little bit of role-playing stuff here. I think this is going to be fun. Cool. All right. So first, we'll go with this one. Okay. You aren't drinking? Are you even having a good time? Oh, my goodness. What would make you think I'm not having a good time? Ooh, that was good. That was really good. Yeah. Right. Do I look like I'm not having a good time? Right. Like, so, so, okay. So here's one thing that I do want to mention about all of these things Yeah, is it really depends on who is saying that to you. So for instance, if you were in a situation like that and you're at happy hour and maybe you're with your boss, that you, the way you respond there might be a little bit different than a coworker. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're kind of trying to self-preserve because you don't want your you know, you don't want your boss to be like, oh, she's on my radar, you know. So you can approach these situations in a lot of different ways. I find that the more joking you are and playful you are, the easier it is to kind of smooth over. The other thing I want to really point out is that this is typically a trigger for us. Like the the example that I gave about children, that was extremely triggering for me. So I tended to be really combative and that was mine to work through. And so I had to really get to a point where I didn't take other people's shit personally. And so I didn't have to respond so aggressively. And I don't necessarily think that that's going to be a huge issue for your audience, but I think that what they might be doing is it might be triggering for them in a place where they start to cower and feel like they need to explain themselves or apologize for their stance. And, and so recognizing that like, okay, these are the things that I tend to hide out from or get triggered by is the first step in really acknowledging like, okay, here's an opportunity for me to take a stand for myself and I don't have to be a dick in doing so. That's a great point. That's really great. One more thing too before we go through these is that um, I, you know, I noticed this was myself. Um, I had a long history of overeating, binge eating, way too uh-huh. much food, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I have a lot of clients that think that oh, it's you know, it's my it's my willpower. My willpower is broken. They have anxiety just like I used to whenever going to like parties and things like that because you find yourself standing around the table with all the food and you go oh, I shouldn't eat that. I don't want to eat that. When you start telling other people, I don't want to eat that or I can't eat that, like I just, you know, you may as well just put it in your mouth because people don't know what to say to that. They just go, well, why not eat it or whatever, you know. A few times you'll get somebody going, no, stick with your goals. But for the most part, they'll be like, no, just go ahead and have it. So I, you know, I always encourage people to not even have that conversation um, if they can. Sure. Yes. Great point. Yes. Like why, why make it harder on yourself if you don't need to? Right. 
Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, cool. So let's continue on with these. Um, so the smug, yeah, she's on a diet. Why do you say that? Like I have a disease. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> or you can say, um, we're all on diets. Diets are just the way in which you choose to eat. That's a good point too. That's really good. Yeah. And, and then that's kind of like the sly little like, don't you know what a diet really is? Like- right. <laughs> Seriously, you're right. And it's not a disease and it's not punishment. Um, okay. So what about the, yeah. come on, have some fun. You deserve it. It's going to, it's not going to ruin you. Just one. Oh, you're no fun. Oh gosh. This one's loaded. There's yeah. a, there's a lot of different things. Like, okay. If it ended with you're no fun, I'd be like, what would you do if I just told you you were no fun? Ooh, <laughs> I like these. You know, something like that, or you deserve it. You can you could say something like, you know, what I've really learned is when I do X behavior, or when I drink this type of alcohol, or when I have gluten, or when I have this, I feel like shit, man. So it's it's not like an indulgence. It yeah. makes me feel worse. So I feel like I deserve to feel better. Good point. Otherwise, it's punishment, right? Right. So what about somebody who's like, oh, you're never going to go pro or, you know, it's not like it's your job. All right. So this one is a different, this is a different one to me because that is really rude. That's like an asshole comment. Right. Um, so I think that that's a different level of response. So with those sorts of things, I love to respond with, what makes you think that that would be an acceptable thing to say to me? Mm. That's because good. I, it, that's, it's rude. It's straight up rude. Yeah. You know, so even in those situations, I, I've said in the past, like, you know what, if you're going to continue to speak to me like that, I'm going to have to excuse myself from this conversation. Mm, that's good. That's boundaries, right? Yeah. And it's, if someone's being a dick to you, you don't have to stand there and take it. And you also don't have to stand there and come up with an eloquent, eloquent response. Like we were talking about earlier, you can just say, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be a part of this. So if somebody, for instance, in my life tells me, um, like, oh, you're being so selfish because you don't want children. I'm like, now, now we're getting name calling and now we're, you know, and so I'm like, if you continue to speak like that, I'm, I'm going to have to excuse myself from this conversation. Cause that's, that's really not fair putting that in my back pocket, by the way. <laughs> it's not okay. It is not okay. <laughs> it's not. It is not okay. You can actually say it is not, that is not okay. <laughs> yeah. That's Why would you think that's awesome. an acceptable thing to say? Oh, I don't, I don't know. It's crazy what people think. <laughs> so you can actually say that. I'm like, if you're going to say something dumb, expect for me to call you out on it. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. <laughs> So let's so let's go ahead and talk about how this just um, learning how to speak up for ourselves in this arena. How does that affect other areas of our lives? Yeah, this is good. It's a lot of this comes down to the root of what I deal with all the time, which is genuinely how we feel about our worth. So people who have a really solid sense of self worth, they tend to not have a huge challenge speaking up for themselves, right? right? Like you don't see people who are genuinely confident having a hard time declining, you know, a drink or the cupcake or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that is your responsibility. 
this is not about if I can only get everybody in my life to understand my choices or be on board. What if they never are? So your responsibility, and this is something that I always talk about in, in my work, is you're responsible for you. You are not responsible for your reception from all of these different parties, whether it's your bosses or even like your spouse or your children. You're responsible to handle yourself in a way in which you can be proud. And a lot of that has to do with getting to the root of anything that might be hindering you from really being strong in your choices. That's your that's your challenge. You know, that's your place to grow and stretch. It's not about getting people to understand. It's about getting you to be solid in who you are. And and that's a lifelong thing. That's not like a 30-minute podcast. That's not, you know, you're just like, "Here, let me get some self-worth, you know? <laughs> I always say there's not a self-worth store. You can just cruise by and grab. Right. But but that is a challenge for you to continue to grow and push yourself because we do that all the time. We think like, as long as my husband gets his shit together or if only my boss wasn't such a dick or if my mom would just understand. And it's like, no, that's external. That's trying to get all these other people to be what you need instead of being what you need for yourself. And then all of that stuff just becomes boundaries. Yeah. So to answer your question, I mean, I think even what I spoke about earlier with with the stuff related to having children or it could be, you know, you want to move across across the country or to another country and your entire family thinks that's a dumb move. It could be anything else where you feel strongly about something you want to do for your own health and well-being that other people don't understand, it gives you the power to understand that what I want matters. And I think because of a number of reasons, we put this weird hierarchy on everyone, what everyone else wants is, is more important than what I want. And the truth is your wants and desires are just as important as anyone else's wants and desires. So this begins you know, it might start with a real strong stance about being gluten-free or working out five days a week or joining a fitness competition. And then it might morph into feeling strong in telling your boss, like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not coming in this weekend. This, you know, I've got family stuff going on. Or it might be telling your husband something that's a challenging conversation about something in the bedroom that you would have always remained silent. So you start gaining traction the more you flex this muscle. And I'm not saying for one second that it's easy. It it really is challenging. And everything in our society is against us. (laughs) Right. So, So be compassionate with yourself and know that it might be messier in the beginning before it gets really fluid and really easy. But you're, you know, just like fitness, you're flexing a new muscle. That's awesome. And yeah, thank you for just spelling that all out because I see that all the time with clients who start working out and they're physically getting stronger, but just about everything else in their life improves too. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I I feel like a lot of times, a lot of people will get very, very caught up in the appearance piece of fitness and they have these, you know, these weight loss goals or these physique goals or whatever. It's not just that. There are so many additional benefits to this journey, right? Oh, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Awesome. Yeah. So could you please share with us where somebody can find more information on you? You have your own podcast. I saw some really cool free downloads on your website. What do you have going on? Yeah. So if if you're interested in kind of this internal piece, right? Like the self-worth and the confidence and the feeling strong in that. I have a, it's a workbook and you can actually get it in like a PDF version as well as an audio book, depending on how you like to consume information. And if you go to the joyjunkie.com slash free, you can immediately access and and get my workbook, which is called Stand Up for Yourself Without Being a Dick. Awesome. <laughs> and it's, it's nine challenges for you to help cultivate your self-love and self-confidence. So it's it's taking it's taking it to the mat. This is the stuff that you will actually have to get into action around. So it's not just like, oh, let me read this nice idea. They're all designed to get you moving and start doing things differently if you want a different result, right? Mm. And then I also have a weekly podcast that I, I talk about a lot of this stuff on, and that is called The Joy Junkie Show Podcast. We're on iTunes and uh, Stitcher and a couple of other platforms. But if you... If you opt in to grab that workbook, you'll learn about the podcast as well. So you can you can find me very easily. That's awesome. We'll put these note these um, links in the show notes too. Perfect. Awesome. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Amy. We really appreciate having you on the show. Definitely. Um, this is great information. Yay! I was really excited because I'm like, this is a completely different body of people to speak to in with the exact same concepts, you know, that I yeah. talk about all the time. So it's well, and perfect. it's so important. This is one of the big, huge stumbling points I see with people actually making the transition. A lot of people just get to that point where they don't really know how to deal with the people around them who don't want them to change. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much and y'all have a good week. Bye guys. 